the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast, which has taken on a very summery feel today. Got the uh, news out. In a broom cover with me, I have uh, regular Zay Norman, Hello. who is long-trousered. I have short-trousered online editor Kevin Ayres. Pastel shorts, no less. Pastel shorts, no less. And, a, and almost, uh, what do you used to call them? Espadrilles. Espadrilles. Almost, almost, almost but not. like George Michael circa 84 <laughs> Club Tropicana video. Um, Crocs, and really. very special guest, friend of the pod, Adam Peacock from Fox Sports. Boys, who is also rocking some shorts. I don't have the, and I'm surprised that you know you could say the film clip that those shoes are from, Jacko. It's a bit of a worry <laughs> that itself, but um, the, just the standard Adidas white trainers. Yeah. Standard. So, fresh from hobnobbing it with Red Foo in New York, <laughs> back to reality, in the podcast with us again. Back in the broom cupboard. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be anywhere else when it's 33 degrees outside and sunny. Exactly. All right, well, let's kick off. Uh, round four, review. Melbourne victory, got their first win of the season, uh, first A-League victory under Ange. Uh, quick overview, Vidasic penalty put Adelaide ahead. Bit of a brain freeze from Billy Seleski, probably one of the most uh, cool. obvious handballs you'll ever see. Uh, Mark Milligan got him back in it, and then Marco Roas uh, got the winner, the second attempt. Boys, is this the season starter for Melbourne Victory? Is this what they needed to kickstart things, Kev? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously it's been a long time coming, and uh, the 5 0 defeat against Shaw was uh, the kick up the pants they needed. Um, I still don't necessarily think this is going to be the point where it all turns around. Uh, but it's certainly it's the, the beginning of the end of the uh, the torment that they've suffered for the past 18 months or so. Uh, I think f- I didn't actually see the match because I was out doing other stuff for a change. Uh, but I hear Millsy had uh, an excellent game, star of, star of the show. Uh, so, yeah, that's the kind of performance that they, they need. They need more of uh, people actually living up to uh, billing and pulling the weight in the team. Adam, have you seen, yeah, obviously... It's a long off-season in the A-League. Yeah, Andrew was installed very soon within that off-season. Is, are we seeing that there's, it doesn't matter how long the off-season is, there's no substitute for actually seeing your players in the games that matter, and he's still learning about his squad. We'll, we'll talk about his, his moves in the goalkeeping department. It, is that what we're seeing? Because we see that with a few teams. You think, God, haven't you had six months to work on this? Yeah. You know, but is it that case that it's only when you see them in that pressurised environment you learn who are the players that can stand up to the way that he wants them to play. And he's got such a defined style that he wants them to play. Um, he can't do anything about the fact that some players that he might not ordinarily want or usually bring into the club like he did with Brisbane. I mean, I think the stat with Brisbane was the the first year he had that half season, he had 29 players on his books. That next season, nine of them remained. And they were the nine that he obviously wanted and you could see mould to his um, system. Melbourne victory, they've got... I think uh, 15 players backing up from last season. Now he's going to whittle that down still and already one's gone. It might not be because of the system, but maybe his just body wasn't up to it. Danny Alsop, he's already gone. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the keeper, we'll get to that in a moment. But it, it's more about the, the player, the specific player that he wants, and that's going to take a bit of time to regenerate itself. 
to, to fit his style. But wasn't the, isn't the time to have done that in the six months between seasons rather than two games in? Well, they couldn't because otherwise they'd have about a million dollars worth of contracts to pay out on. Um, they can't just rid them. He obviously was with some of them. He'll have to work with them and try and get them into the style of play that he wants. But um, yeah, that's, that's just Ange, and he'll uh, he'll do it his way um, within the restraints. If it was a European club, no salary cap, no problem. Yeah, you transfer them out, everything like that. Bit of a problem here. Okay, I don't. What did you make of that? Well, I think I think I think the the Bunyid Court games have been their ideal preparation for Adelaide. They've had a fairly good start to the season, so I think definitely what we're seeing is teams need to have hard games in that September block before the season starts. There's no doubt about that. So I think perhaps we might see next season Sydney go on a, a brief tour of say Asia using the Del Piero factor. Italy. Um, you know, yeah. you just. I, I agree. I think. I think teams go into the season like the old NSL, really underdone. And I always thought the old NSL was was pre-season in the first month. It felt that way. So, oh. yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, as for the game, I thought Adelaide were great in the first half. Really well organised. Typical Cosy side. They just let it go in the second half. Very disappointing. Okay. And Cosy uh, had it right go at the end of the game uh, in the press conference. At his place. Seen, yeah. Mm. Uh, Ferreira and I think Geronimo as well. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting, yeah. Okay. Um, well, this was uh, dubbed, I think, Rivalry Rand. Um, always a challenge when you get a country this big, Perth, Melbourne. Um, but uh, Newcastle Jets, the F3 Derby, Central Coast. Uh, bit of a spiteful game, this. Eight yellows. A uh, few controversial referee decisions, shall we say. Um, Emil Heskey, two goals from three, running out of hats to eat. <laughs> Can't believe it. Um, <laughs> I was talking to someone back in the UK this week, they were like, he's done what? <laughs> yeah, two, I was my dad. I was talking to my dad. I was telling him, he was laughing, I was telling him that I finally got to boo him for 25 minutes until he scored in front of me and <laughs> shut me up. Um, soft penalty. I know. Yeah, look, this is this is was uh, look. Arnie doesn't mind a whinge on the odd occasion. <laughs> Happy, seriously. <laughs> but on this occasion, I think he was almost right in everything that he almost right. I, I, I think this, the last goal at the end was 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 offside, but uh, that was never a penalty for me. And no. Zadkovic, how he stayed on that pitch uh, after that. Uh, I know the. But whole is that not the tr- true of every game that Zadkovic is in? To be honest, I, mean, oh, no, I think I think you've been harsh on Ruben. I think you've been harsh on him. What I would say is that that tackle doesn't matter whether it's 20 seconds in or 89 minutes in. That tackle was a red card. End of story. And there was another one later in the game on Stajowski as well, which uh, that was a yellow. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not so a red, but yeah, I just don't know. Sometimes you just you just want consistency. That's what every player will say and every manager will say. So look, maybe Benny Williams had a wedding to go to this weekend because he's got himself the weekend off now. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought he'd chuck one in to you know free it up. So the and Johnny Hutchinson. Uh, yeah, with I was going to say to Adam. Obviously, uh, you're you're often in the studio when you're crossing live to the players or coaches after the game and. John Hutchinson's uh, post-match interview was uh, firmly tongue-in-cheek. Oh, cops a bad rap sarcasm, but I'm a, one of its greatest fans, and I love that. That was great from John Hutchinson. Really enjoyed it. Um, Bernie Abini got one back, and then as you said, Svansvig's uh, offside goal in the last minute. Um, you know, the, the head of referees has come down pretty strongly on this. 
Um, do, are, are we happy with that? Are we happy with uh, officials being censored after the fact and if they got it wrong, say they got it wrong? And it would be nice if we had a mix zone where the referees could just come out with they ever felt like it and you say, you know, this is why I you didn't... You have the coaches in it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that dictaphone. Just tell me. Yeah, I would just like to know how that wasn't a red. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? What is the th- the thought processes behind a, a tackle that's I don't know, this high off the ground, stud showing? The thing I, I think it is interesting that Ben Williams been stood down because he is up to now been one of the golden boys. I always felt with. Well, he uh, always gets the gig for the Champions League matches overseas. Yeah, and he's always refereeing a, a like a, an international. Yeah, the international I mean, breaks it, it, and everything. It's, so. uh, it's it's quite a big move from the FFA to reprimand him in this way. I guess uh, yeah, is, is that in a way, I mean, it's a profession for them, you know, it's like they're, they're trying to be the best that they can be. He's got detention to think about what he did and mm. probably replay it and probably watch the yeah. games this weekend. I mean, is, is, there's no harm in that, is there? Oh, he comes out of it as a better referee as a result? A few people would, like, on Monday, and oh, no, when it came out, actually, that he wouldn't, wasn't going to ref, like, they're going, oh, isn't it great they're taking a standard? Well, if he's one of the best refs, give him another go. I, I don't really care either way if he gets another go or not. Just as long as they admit the mistake, but move on. Don't and also don't celebrate the fact that they've admitted the mistake. Oh, isn't it great that they've admitted? Well, they made a mistake. It's yeah. not great. So it's not changing the result. Yeah, it's not yeah. changing anything. So just get on with it and, and don't do it next time. Like and and if he's the best referee or one of the best referees, it means that a game is going to be refereed this week by a lesser referee. Not, nec- uh, not necessarily. It could mistake. be a, could be a newer referee. Uh, which case, get your red card and your your penalty. Uh, Bets on, just in case. Um, you love Jacko. <laughs> Red card every game, you back. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I disagree, actually. I think it is good that they come out and they, they reprimand these guys and they give them a weekend off and they visibly do something about it to reinstate some kind of faith in the referees and the system. Because hmm. uh, I think too long, that you know, they've constantly defended poor performances by referees just for the sake of trying to uphold their reputations. Uh, for future games and no I think you know if a guy screws up say he screwed up mm. give him a weekend off uh, not necessarily for his sake but for the, the sake of the game and the, the, the confidence of fans and then bring him back uh, by all means but I think we really have to crack down on some of the poor refereeing that's been going on it hasn't been that bad oh, I think there are the, the, I think it's been okay it I think been... generally it's okay but there is such big decisions big calls made that are either way too borderline to make for the consequences they've had on the game uh, or just plain wrong. Uh, And, you know, I can get away with the odd yellow card being handed out falsely or wrongly or, you know, uh, disputably. But, you know, red cards, sending off penalties, big, big decisions that are just too marginal calls. But that's the sport. If you're going to get a 50-50 call, there's there's so fine margins in football. That, like, it's not like rugby league where you, there's a, a wider margin or, or yeah, AFL where it's easier to score. Like, I watched a game on Sunday yeah. night where uh, Martin Atkinson... Well, one one like, thing, one thing that is common to every league in the world and every football podcast anywhere in the world, <laughs> right, this week they'll be moaning about a referee's decision from the weekend. Yeah, so. I just feel we're a bit trigger-happy in the league with the referees reaching okay. for cards and penalty decisions. Oh, All right, well, let's yeah. get on to another penalty decision that decided the game. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers for, uh, versus Sydney FC. First Sydney derby at Paramount Stadium. Fantastic atmosphere, great colour from both sets of fans. Uh, Ado, you're out there. Yeah. What did you make of it? Yeah, well, Kevin and I were there about two hours before the game, and uh, 
you could just feel something was special. You're just walking around. It was a family atmosphere, but they had the, the hardcore fans as well. Uh, there was something about um, this game that was special. It just felt special. The last time I'd been to Parramatta to see a game like that was the Oli Roos in 99 when they beat Brazil. Oli Roos captained by Brett Emerton on that night. So it had that same mm. feel. Um, and yeah, look, uh, the game itself, I think it was was a you know, fairly tight game, but uh, probably the best side just won, I think. One thing I did notice, Kev, from your photos of the fans arriving, that was just how many of the Western City fans are wearing the official kit. The number of shots that are kicking around is well, good incredible. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It's a fabulous like, kit. It was, it was almost like two out of every three. It's almost impossible to get a proper great. kit uh, in the West, yeah. uh, and it has been for a couple of weeks. Uh, so much so, when I was added, I shot um, the Wanderers at uh, the Nike Penrith store. The club were actually trying to get shirts off the shelves to take back for the the players because they've run they've, they've literally they've run in such high demand. They don't even have enough at the club. Uh, it's tremendous, you know. Yeah. It really has been embraced, really embraced by those fans that mm. have uh, taken up with the Wanderers. Well, hopefully, a, sorry, Kev. Hopefully, with Christmas coming, they don't make the same mistake the Melbourne Victory did last year and run out of shirts in October and they couldn't get them in before Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a revenue for the club. They, they need to make it any way they can. It's a perfect Christmas present, obviously, yeah. in the middle of the season. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And, and Sydney FC are actually reordering shirts now. The yeah. The shirts, I'm told. So. It's a tough one, though, when they get such little lead time, you know, to, to mm. make out. You know, it, it is tough on those guys when Del Piero signs, like, you know couple of weeks mm. before the season starts and then there's demand for crank up the shirts. production line well, Nike aren't making Armstrong stuff anymore so they've got to yeah. be free time <laughs> uh, on the pitch and obviously Western Sydney's uh, woes are, are laid bare with no goals in three games you know it's, it's they're not going to start winning games until they start scoring mm. um, and it's getting to the point where it's difficult to see where those goals are going to come from um, in a lot of time the build up play is fine it's just that cutting edge up front they need a young, quick, and it has to be Australian because they've signed obviously all their visa spots, and they need one quick. So not so Harry, not, not Harry Kill then. Young, quick. He'd actually be okay, obviously, because he's Tim. Um, Harry, not so sure, mm. but Tim would be fit, be ready to go. Guest stint, I don't know if it'll happen. I mean, we're dreaming maybe, um, but they need a. Is there one in Asia? Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's Joel Griffiths. What about Taj Minicon? Just, just talk about him coming back in this week. Um, yeah, we've forgotten about Taj. He's, he's in the squad. He's just been under the radar. Yeah, he's been one of the great underachievers, though, hasn't yeah. he? Historically, so far, in the great league. player on, on on his day. Um, From what I can tell, though, with Popper, it seems that he wants the guys having in the squad to have the right attitude and um, have a go throughout. So that. That seems to be the 11 that he's putting on the pitch. Well, whether or not that 11 is good enough to score a goal <laughs> or uh, win a game hasn't been the case so far. But they need speed up top. They need someone quicker mm. up top. It's painful. Everyone can see yeah. that. So. I mean, they've, you know, they've been competitive in every game, Kev. It's, it's, it's not like they're miles away. No, no. I mean, it is that just the cu- cutting edge in the final third that's missing for them, I think. Uh, but where it is going to come from is, is the issue. And you can't really see it happening for them. Uh, I, I think Harry Kill would give them something at least. Uh, you know, but it'd take him six weeks to get up to speed. That's the problem. Well, it depends what he's been yeah, doing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's almost certainly true. But uh, I still think even an unfit Harry Kill is probably better than a fit 
most of the players that they've gotten sure. the the front third. Um, so yeah, I could see him doing something for him. Tim Cahill would be ideal, especially given the number of crosses that they're, they're choosing to pump into the the box. Uh, you can just see him to getting play on. off Cressinger might be a good combination. Just getting just you know. Yeah, yeah. centre forward. Just the the role that he's he's played for Everton for so long, gusting into the back of the box and sticking a head on it. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's going to need to do something. Um, you know, we saw Beckham go back to Europe at the end of the MLS season consistently. You know, there's key games. London Donovan going back to uh, key Everton. World Cup qualifiers next year. Um, that the MLS is mm. on a break from November. Yeah. Um, oh, let's talk about the penalty. Um, I mean, for me, it was a penalty. I've only my seen my first reaction, my second reaction. Aaron Moy didn't dispute it no. at all. I think it, it was a soft penalty, but yeah, it probably was a penalty. Uh, you know, it, it was a penalty. It was a penalty. Yeah, it could easily have not been given, but it was a penalty. Uh, and you know, Del Piero wasn't simulating, but he was exaggerating. I think is the definitive line with it. Uh, and. Yeah, I thought it was harsh to make him retake it, but he got the rebound. God, it's one of my bugbears, that. I know. Penalty's been retaken. Why, why do you have to feel the urge to run into the box well, before? Well, there was no proof of it, and um, unfortunately, one of it, the camera that we should have had on it had a bit of an off moment at that moment, so it wasn't on the, the whole wide picture. Um, but Sydney were adamant, and they wanted it on Monday. They actually called our office to right. say, can you tell us whether or not, because it could have been an absolute disaster mm. if... Del Piero missed, hooked it over the bar and everything like that after the save by Kovic. Um, but Sydney wanted to have a look. We couldn't show them, unfortunately, whether or not it was. They were very doubtful if anyone did encroach. I like it because I like the word encroachment. I just, <laughs> I just like using it. So. I mean, on Del Piero, I mean, just the winning of the penalty and the retaking penalty, for me, just summed up yeah. where he, like the difference in ability of yep. him. You know, the, penalty the, was one the foot step across, with the other. The step across the defender, the first defender, to get his body in between the defender and the ball before he then tripped Moy, mm. and then the ability to then take the penalty with one foot, stop and finish with your left foot. You know, yeah. if, if he then has to try and get that onto his other foot, the, the chance is gone. Yeah. You know, and it's just fantastic. Now, if I was a young player at Sydney FC, I'd just be begging the coaching staff to let. Me just watch and train with them as much as possible, mm. rather than yeah. I think well, alone I was, got, the I was other just day about to say on Friday we were uh, I was out at the training session, mm. and at the end of the training session, which finished a bit early, um, Del Piero just stood off and did free kick after free kick for 25 minutes solid. Uh, just I saw the tweets. Stupendous <laughs> stuff. Absolute brilliant. Then the first two free kicks he had in the game, he sent over the bar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so there's a video on our Facebook. I mean, yeah, with both it's worth a look. Yeah, yeah. Right foot, first the right, foot. then the left. And, you know, just supreme skill. But how many uh, Sydney FC players were watching? Jason Cleaner. That's it. Uh, I love the fact that it was Cookerborough's just like. It, it was so Australian. It's brilliant. Know, so brilliant. Uh, but in Sydney FC's defence, I did later hear that everybody had been told to get indoors because it was so hot. But um, yeah, that's know. that's the theme in A League clubs. No extras. A lot of them. Yeah. Bozza couldn't believe it when he came back here. Went, you what? No extra. It's, it's how you get. You know, the professional clubs. Yeah, it's professional. probably lovely. It's like, it's glorious. It's yeah. like, I know. The sun's out. Three kids are going mental back home. I'll avoid that as long <laughs> yeah. as possible. I'm out here getting a suntan. Ex- extras are 
we've, we've long discussed extras here. Yeah, yeah. Well, know, I mean, just goes back to Dwight. You know, Dwight yeah. made mention of that when he left. As his, one of his parting shots was, you know, he, he was surprised at the the lack of sort of I commitment, intensity from some of the younger players. You know, to yeah. to stay and learn and, and practice. It's like, well, what else are they going to do? We'll get on to this later, but you know, uh, we'll, uh, Pim Verbeek's comments about the A League, etc. It's hard not to agree with them when A League clubs will do four. Maybe five tra- half-day training sessions each week, and call themselves professional clubs. You know, a couple of training sessions a day, extras. Uh, it's a full-time job, supposedly. They're not taking it full-time seriously. Mm. I mean, okay. I know there's all the, the recovery issues and the, the medical and all of that, but yeah, I've, I've often well, thought that it just should be a lot harder. Clubs, to- professional clubs overseas, can manage to do it without breaking the players. So I'm sure we can. Mm. All right, let's let's uh, push through. Perth Glory, uh, 2-0 victors at home to Melbourne Hart. Goals from Dean Heffernan and Billy Mehmet. Um, Adam Hart, not really in this one after a couple of uh, promising early games. No, Johnny Aloisi blamed the heat. I've got news for him. Summer's coming. <laughs> Problems if it, we have a hot summer in Melbourne. But no, um, Perth were just all over him. Too good, first to everything. Well, not first to everything. Uh, didn't help that Fred became a pirate at half-time, unfortunately. Hopefully he's OK um, going forward, because they can be nasty, those, and, and stick around the eye injuries. But, um, yeah, Perth, too solid, too good, too in your face. But uh, not physical. But not physical, yeah. no. <laughs> no. Where did we get that idea from? Yeah. Chicken burns. <laughs> the glory of Phoenix, so. uh, one-all draw with reigning champions Brisbane Raw. Uh, Heisigams on 60 minutes, again proving that uh, strikers are out there, can be found on the budget yep. to bring over and uh, capable if, of scoring. Even if you can't spell the surname. And uh, Barisha, again, mm. continues his impressive scoring. Let, let's anyway. just thank uh, Barisha's dad for this, apparently. It's all yeah. dad. <laughs> dad. Barisha's dad. Yeah. But uh, Brisbane could have, they, 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 this game should have been won pretty much in the first half. Um, but uh, yeah, Wellington are unbeaten. Kev, mm. unbeaten. Unbeaten, unbeaten, mm. yep. Mm. Kiwis. Okay. All right, the ladder. Still early days, of course, only three games, but we've now got Adelaide, Perth and the Jets, all on six points at the top. Phoenix on five points, undefeated, as uh, as Ada says. Uh, the only undefeated side in the league. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane on four points, Mariners on four points, Melbourne Heart on four points, Sydney in the victory on three, and Western Sydney Wanderers. On one. All right, that rounds out part one. We'll be back in part two to look at some of the news headlines. You know business could be better. You know you need more skills, but you also know you haven't got time to learn those skills. Go to workshops or listen to webinars. Don't stress. Listen to Business Success Radio for all the latest ideas to make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice from dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. So some of the news headlines from our website. Uh, Vincenzo Grella returned to Melbourne. Signed for the heart this week. Um, played tribute to uh, Johnny Aloysius' persistence in getting him back. Um, he was one of the players that I genuinely thought we wouldn't see back in the A-League. Adam, always sort of made those over overtones. Well, he didn't 
make the overtones. You just said he wasn't coming back. Yeah. I can clearly remember him saying, and I'm not sure. Yeah. You, you might have been yeah. at the press conference, um, guys, that he said, I ain't going back there. Why would I want to go back there? But who cares? He's back. It's good. Mm. Bit of depth. Categor- yeah. I mean, he was quite categoric about it. He was not going to ever play in the league. Yeah. You know, he was wanted to live to live his life out in Italy, and he cited John Aloisi's tra- treatment as uh, the reason for it. So obviously, you know, Aloisi was the one, the only person presumably who could have persuaded him. Uh, but also, are we seeing here an, another indirect effect of the sort of Del Piero, Heskey, yep. Ono in that? You know, we, we've now got, you know, and these rumours, we, we're all in this business, you know, but the whispers generally come from somewhere that's connected and mm. the talk of Cahill coming back on a guest in Western Sydney hasn't just been made up, you know. There's, and I've got this theory that, you know, the, the overseas socceroos are sort of looking at what's going on here, seeing 40,000, 35,000, seeing Del Piero, oh no, Heskey going, hang on a minute. That's my manner. Yeah, yeah, can't you know, be too bad. If someone's going to be playing in front of 35,000, in Australia, I want it to be me. Yeah. And particularly when they've got one eye on their, you know, the older players have now got one eye on, well, what's, what's going to be my legacy afterwards? What am I going to do after football? Cahill's got his coaching clinics, you know, so probably mm. go, or his management are looking at it and go, well, hang on a minute, if Del Piero launches his clinics at the end of the season, we might not get anyone along to ours, you know. Yeah. I mean, is that is that a ridiculous way of thinking? Is, is no, no, no. I, I think in, in years gone by, if Grella had signed for a club in the A-League, it would have been a pretty big story. It's, well, it's kind of been relegated this, to sort of like a secondary story. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the only downside I think there is to it because I was, again, back at Sydney training, looking around, of course, I've got Del Piero right in front of mm. me doing his stuff, which is brilliant. And then I've got Brett Amerton by his side, and I've got Jason Cleaner by his mm. side, and, you know, lesser... Paul Reid over there as well, and Zelko Kalic and Steve Kerr. Yeah, okay, you know, these these are great players. And a year ago, they were the stars of the mm. show. Mm. Or two years ago, three years ago for Jason Kleiner. Uh, but completely overshadowed now by Del Piero. So if Tim Cahill was to come back, would he have, uh, have the same effect this year as he would have done last year, say? Or maybe even next year? Uh, so you know, I think there is pros and cons. If somebody's coming back to be the centre of attention, they're going to be hard pressed to, to reclaim it now from Del Piero. And same with Shinji Ono. You know, uh, if it hadn't been for Del Piero, Shinji Ono would have been a fantastic signing that would have been uh, on everybody's lips. No, mm. not quite so much. Mm. Emil Heskey overshadowed. But we've seen Adam, you know, the, the, the high-profile players not just validating it for other international players, but in a way validating it for. Socceroos to come back. Definitely, yeah. I think the Grella one was. I haven't spoken to either man, Aloisi or Grella, but it might have been down to the fact that um, the, the word got out there that Johnny Aloisi copped this barrage and everything like that. Well, first things first, if you miss an open goal from two metres out, you're going to cop barrage from any part of the world. I don't care if you're playing in Antarctica for the yeah. for mm. the Penguins or I don't know, but like, but. That's beside the point. It might have been portrayed in a different manner to what actually John Aloisi thought at the time. And maybe he thought, well, OK, it wasn't that bad and the, the stigma got out there and everything like that. 
um, we've kind of gone gone with it type thing. Um, he might have spoken to Johnny and go, no, it's all right, come or, back. Or more likely is he's just spent some time at Blackburn before it can't be any worse than what, Correct. I, what, I've, gone, what I've experienced here. So uh, maybe yeah. it's not so bad. No, yeah, Melbourne Heart appear to be a, a lot better club run than uh, <laughs> the, the chicken farm at, uh, <laughs> in Lancashire. <laughs> right, another move, uh, another, t- you'd probably say fringe socceroo in yeah. and out of the yeah. squads, uh, Nathan Coe. Mm. Uh, Signed for Melbourne Victory. Um, obviously, the question mark now is who will be surplus to requirements mm. at Melbourne. We've seen both keepers play, yeah. uh, Lawrence Thomas and uh, Valapi. I, yeah. I heard the justification for Thomas starting was that he was the better goalkeeper with his feet. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was something fundamentally flawed. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not very. No, sorry, he's got a bit but he's better his feet. Hang on a minute. Yeah. One player that can use his hands, so I'd be picking it on his hands. Well, it, um, it'd be interesting if someone got dropped for being not that good with their hands, like with throw-ins or something like that, for an outfield play. Anyway, it says a lot about Angelo, doesn't it? Yeah. That he would he would back that. Lynch has written a great column that's just come in today for the next issue of Four Four Two about Ange and the goalkeeper situation. Um, oh, look, I am a fan of Ange, but I think it was a mistake to let Ante Kovic go because he was he was argued the best player last season. I don't know whether he can play out from the back or not. I can't remember. But, but I mean, you know, he, he, a great keeper. We talk about Angie's philosophy and it's rigid yeah. and it's unwavering, you know, and the goalkeeper starts and is involved with his feet a lot. Mm. So it is a major issue. I mean, we joke about it, but it is a major issue because it will continue to fall down mm. if neither of your keepers are confident enough playing out from the back with their feet. And, you know, and then... And then the, that's really where it all starts. Yeah, Ange has obviously seen what he's seen from Lawrence and also uh, Tando and hasn't been happy. Those two guys are off contract at the end of the year. So he's thought, I've got the spare money from Danny Allsop. I can bring in another Aussie. I can't bring in an overseas because all the, the visas are taken up that subject again. So he's thought, I'll bring in this guy because he's free, he's available, I want him. Um, bit of a surprise that he let go of a striker and Danny Allsop and signed a goalkeeper, <laughs> given the fact that everyone thought they were going to try and get a, a, another striker or that, that word Harry came up, or, or a defender, Jade North, was was heavily talked about. But, um, yeah, good move for Nathan Cohen and, and good to see a guy, I think he's 28, mm. back yeah. in his prime for a goalkeeper, mm. yeah. back in the league. Mm. Yeah. And good timing as well with the Socceroos coming up as well, which we'll talk later about. Yeah. Okay. Um, Del Piero, we talked about him. He was—he's uh, gone on the record this week talking about how he's—he's uh, he's still sort of uh, getting towards full fitness. Um, which Kev, you, you'd sort of pay testament to that with him doing extras after training. Um, you know, after five weeks, he's, he said you know he's happy with where his conditioning is, but still thinks there's more to come. Should everybody else be worried about that? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think there might be some cause for concern. Yes. No, he's I, I, he might think that he's only ninety percent or whatever, but he looks bloody good in the training field. Uh, when I was again at the training session halfway through, he does a somersault uh, handstand throw-in. Uh, yeah, I, I could do that at thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, could do that tomorrow. Maybe um, is that is that is that illegal? You can't do that. Oh, can you do it on that one no, in a game? No, sure. you can. They, they, someone did it, and then they. Is it like the Ernie, the old Ernie Hunt free kick from the nineteen seventies, where you, <laughs> yeah, it was deemed illegal? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he looks in pretty good shape to me. Uh, but if he's going to get better, it's just going to be great to sit back and enjoy. Uh, we, we alluded to fan. we alluded to this in the in the review. Uh, Billy Mehmet has hit back at suggestions that Gloria have established a relationship, a relationship, reputation for being overly physical. 
Uh, he points to the fact that they're, they're fifth on the, uh, table of fouls conceded, um, but says that they're happy to be physical when they need to, but, um, their main, uh, intention is to, uh, to play the ball. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're, it's more down to experience. They know when to foul. And when they do, they make sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think on the weekend, uh, the, the average age of their team was 29. So they're experienced. They know what to do on a football park. Um, you can call them physical and everything like that. They don't do anything outrageously stupid. Apart from Jacob Burns doing ear cripples on Mitch Nichols in the opening <laughs> rounds. <laughs> There's a Jacob Burns um, drinking game, actually, which is, which is quite funny. Just Google that and have a look at that. Um, yeah, they're... they're I mean, they're physical. They get that reputation. It's it's stuck now. I think in our opener this weekend, we've said that um, something to do with uh, Perth being physical or something like that, and that was written before. Also, I'm I'm not sure when standing up to the physical challenge became a bad thing. Yeah, I think they're physical, but they're not necessarily dirty. No. I think that's the difference, you know. Uh, I think the have the moments when experience sets kicks in and they may make a deliberate foe to uh, defuse the situation that's yeah. when they're dirty mm. um, but for the rest of the game they are they're, they're a strong physical presence on Does the pitch but not necessarily for me. Yeah. yeah absolutely there's uh, only one guy that really snaps on that team that's Dean Heffern and I think this year he's been a bit better he's obviously had a bit of a talking to given what happened in the grand final and, yeah. and another time I think it was the Gold Coast he got sent off as well last season so there's only one bloke that completely loses the plot sometimes mm. the rest of them know what they're doing yeah. Fulker can get a little bit upset as well but I think he's got that under control as well but yeah I mean I've watched them train and they're really competitive at training I've sat down and just watched them earlier this year and they're great to watch I think really competitive and Fergie likes it yeah okay uh, Pim for Bake remember Pim ah yeah for sure Aussie Pim uh, has uh, given his assessment. Kev, you alluded to this earlier. Given his assessment and why he left the job, uh, struggling with the jet lag and the consistent travel, um, but also made reference to the uh, the younger players coming through, the younger generation that he didn't think were were really up to it. And, and he, he points to the Olympic qualification, no goals, uh, as, as sort of proof of that. Is yeah. Your point? Well, I think Pim's trying to portray himself as a prophet when I think he's actually part of the problem, to be honest. Uh, you know, he's saying that uh, there's issues with the youth players and they're not good enough. Uh, well, maybe if they'd been given a chance by him instead of being talked down, uh, they would have had one more club time and two more big match experience with the Socceroos, a few friendly appearances. Tommy Orr is the top-rated player in Holland at the moment. Top-rated mm. He's got three caps. Why? Because Pim Verbeek said he's an 18-year-old. Why would we play an 18-year-old? That's just ridiculous. Uh, it's absolute nonsense. If a player's good enough, he should have been on this side. Uh, he is good enough. He's now finally getting into this side. And that's exactly the problem that they got us in the situation that we're in. Pim Verbeek just not having enough faith in youngsters and saving, making sure he got his bonus like Holger's, making sure he gets his bonus by qualifying without any development at all. He was responsible for not developing our uh, next generation of players. Adam, where, where do you sit on this? Obviously, you know, there, there's a camp now that is looking at the current sort of qualification issues that Australia's mm. having going, well, at least Pim got us there with a minimum of fuss. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and did qualify relatively comfortably through Asia. It was when we got there into Germany that, that the issues really set in. I mean, where, where do you stand on the sort of the Pim Holger debate? 
divide. You get married. Do you go back to the ex-girlfriend to ask, what do you think of our relationship? Who cares? It's his problem. Move on. Go and coach the Moroccan 23-year-olds with your harissa or whatever like that you put on top of your food and just enjoy life. <laughs> I don't know. What's <laughs> okay. well, our new segment? Ask Adam. <laughs> what is harissa? Is that couscous? It's, it's, it's nice. It's a condiment. It's a yeah. spice it's mix. Spicy. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, Chamula is another one as well. I, mean, look, I use it in my regular tagine cooking. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Your fez hat on. <laughs> <laughs> Walked into a bar. <laughs> Ouch. It was an iron bar. I'm not being disrespectful, though. Just get on with life and I don't care what he says. Mm. First things first, I'm worried about what's happening now and what we're doing with the young kids now because what's done is done. Mm. You can't change it. Um, You've got to, from this point on as we sit here, improve what's coming and Pim can look after the Moroccan under-23s and we can all live happily ever after, hopefully. Adam, final word? Look, I, th- I think sometimes we get caught up with this whole thing about development. The remit of any, any national team coaches in, in this country is to qualify us for the World Cup and that's his primary job. There's a, probably about a six-month gap between qualification and the World Cup where he can try new players. So it's a limited form of development, mm. um, and we probably don't have the numbers of players that other countries have coming through. So it's not entirely the national coach's fault, I think. Oh, no, I not, still think... It's not entirely anyone's yeah, However, however fault. let me finish, Kev. However, <laughs> uh, I still think Tommy Orr should have been given a chance at the World Cup because he's clearly our best left-sided talent coming through after yeah. Eric Hill. So, um, but that was a conservative decision. I think he picked Garcia ahead of, I think it was Orr. So, yeah, but look, I, that's, that's what I think anyway. Okay. Well, look, we are going to, uh, in part three, we're going to take a short break. We're going to play the role of national coach and I'm going to challenge the pod squad to come up with a Socceroos 11 to play Korea with no one over 25. We'll be back (laughs) after this. Alessandro Del Piero has arrived down under and the biggest signing in the history of Australian football sat down with us in his first major magazine interview. We also catch up with Wayne Rooney as he looks to lead Man United back to the top of the EPL. Look back on the first 20 years of the UEFA Champions League and find out how you and three mates could be heading off to London to report on a Chelsea Champions League game thanks to Adidas. Can Barcelona continue to dominate after the departure of Pep Guardiola and we attempt to answer the age-old debate about which league is the best in the world. If you live, sleep and breathe football, then you need 442. On sale now at all good news agents and the App Store. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back. Uh, the boys are frantically <laughs> jotting names down because I just uh, dropped that bombshell on them that we are now going to try and pick Socceroos team, 11 players, playing 4-3-3, because we are children of the national curriculum. <laughs> uh, we're going to play a midfield diamond, pointing forward, 6 and 8 as holding midfielders, a number 10, 7, 9, 11. Lads, let's go. Who's in goal? First things first, can I uh, explain my, yeah. um, my thoughts on the actual criteria? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we should limit it to under 25s, but I think we should limit it to guys rule out guys who are playing in Europe um, regularly because it's a pointless exercise coming back. Unless they're 21, 22 and have, ne- you know, have had two or three caps. No. Tommy Orr, Robbie Cruz, Adam Serrata, stay in Europe for this. 
I don't want to come back. Oh, you see, so, uh, are you using an Asian-based, Australian-based squad? No. Yep. I was see, thinking I, I, about that. See, I disagree with that because I think I think the young European lads should be given the chance because... No, no, what I'm saying they're is... Not, I'm, they're not being picked in squads, so yeah. they're not getting the experience of what it's yeah. like to travel from Europe on a Wednesday night to come and play in Asia and then go back. That's part of the development. It's not just what happens on the pitch. It's what... It's the travelling, it's that, and they're not getting exposure to that. But I don't want Tommy Orr coming and playing half a game, picking up a little knock, getting back to Utrecht, and not getting a run for three weeks because the coach has got the shits with him. But he, but he could get a, he could pick a up a knock risk. playing no, for no. Utrecht. Anyway, my podcast, my rule. <laughs> <Right>. Bastard. <laughs> no regional restrictions. Kev, who's in goal? Matt Ryan. Oh, simple. <laughs> Why? Alan. Matt Ryan. Why? Who else yeah. is there? I want to go Mitch Langerak. No, no. Actually, Mitch so Langerak. You're not going yeah, yeah, yeah. to go uh, uh, the player at Dortmund who's on the bench at Dortmund. Who's on the bench at Dortmund? Yeah. There's, a, there's an answer to this. I've got Matt Ryan as well. He's playing oh, regular. So, uh, yeah. Ryan, regular. Ryan, Ryan, I'm overruled Matt on Matt Ryan. I'll go Langerak. I'll have Langerak on the bench. Give him, a, give him a half each. Half each. All right. Fair enough. Okay, so we've got yeah. Langerak half Ryan. Toss a coin to see who starts the match. Back four. Let's throw some names out. Left like, back. Left back. Bayich. Yep. Bayich. Yep. No brainer. Yeah. Yep. Bayich. Bayich. Yeah. Okay. Unanimous on that. Centre backs. I've got Gooden Devere. Gooden Devere. Yeah. Don't mind that. Yep. Go for that as well. A Devere. Oh, Curtis. I mean, it's very important the Newcastle reserves. I'd rather him stay there. <laughs> 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 Michael Thwaite under twenty-five. No, but Spiranovic is. Yeah, you've got to play him. Play him. So I, 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 I would keep Sharanovic there because I think he needs more games. Yeah. And, and, and in that environment, that's when potentially he can step up and play more of a leadership role, be a more experienced. I had him on the bench because he hasn't got far to go to Qatar anymore. I'd have, to, um, yeah, I'd have Spiranovic yeah, probably as captain. I'd punish Spiranovic for going to the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have Spiranovic and Good on the bench. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right back. I've got Ivan Franich. I've got Franich as well, but I don't think, he's he's under 20. 20. I don't think he meets the criteria. He's 20, he's 20, he told me he was 20. Well, he told yeah. me he was 23 last time I saw him. That was earlier this year. No, I can't. He's 24? He's, he's had an injury interrupt at the start of the season. I'd rather him. Um, I think it's going to come too soon for him. So anyway, It should be Reese Williams, really, but obviously with the injury. He's injured too. Yeah. yeah. Who else is there? Right back. We are struggling for right backs, I think, of that age group. Right. Because they're so important. Um, He's a right back. No. no. Jason Davison, can he play right back? He's a left back. He's a left back. Left to don't want to don't like moving people out. I'll tell you, he could play there. Teams are so inflexible, I'll tell you, he could play I know, there. But He's played there for Villa, he's Chris Hurd. Yeah? yeah. Does he want to play, Does he for, wanna play for us? Yeah, yes, pick question. him, cap him. Does he want to? Yeah, well, we've tried. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, but he, you know, he genuinely has been injured. Okay. You know, those games where he's not turned up, he's missed games for Villa. Okay. You know, always picked up knocks. So it's not. <laughs> he's not playing for Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right, midfield. Here are your two two central midfield holders. I'm only playing with one. Oh. I'm playing two in front. Go on then. Partly. Yeah. He's over 25. Yeah. Well, he's 25. <laughs> he's 25 with the first. Right. <laughs> well, I think you've got to play Mackay. He's he's well I don't care, 29. he's like three minutes up the road. It's, might as well get in there for the game. So um, you've got to pick Mackay on hearts outside the criteria. Part of the yeah, he, he deserves a chance. Milligan. I had Mackay in before these rules, which sort of okay. close to yeah. 
Milligan, Milligan will be in as well. I'd pick Aaron Moy. Ooh. I'd play Aaron Moy in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're going to play yep. Mackay, I'd play Aaron Moy next to him. Yeah, sure. I would go for that. Yep. Okay. Number 10. Uh, I've got Rogic and Musti in front. I go Rogic. Um, is, uh, I haven't called the Foreign Affairs Department, but um, is Thomas Broich naturalised yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's only a couple of years away, is it? I think it's five years you've got to be here or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's five. Five? He's not far off. He's got a want to do it. He's got a want to do it. Yeah, he's, he likes travelling. But hasn't he played for Germany at 21? Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That? No, yeah, that's still the yeah. clear for us. Yeah. This will be great for the DVD that he's got. You could do the next DVD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Playing for Australia, yeah. singing the national anthem in German. <laughs> Kev, we've got Rogic and uh, Amini. Yeah, I'd go for uh, Rogic as well, probably. Uh, got a feeling there was a better option in there, but Rogic, certainly for the first 60 minutes. Or maybe Mitch Nichols. Yeah, well, he's not going to meet the 25 criteria. Oh, yeah, he's, he's 22. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he'll, yeah, he's he'll, he'll, he'll be on the bench. Um, yeah. I can confuse the opposition, him and Moy, next to yeah. each other. It's like, oh, it's two of them. <laughs> uh, up, yes. front. <laughs> up front. Throw some names at me. 7, 9, 11. Uh, Babel. Yep. Ellie. Um, Tommy. Now that he's back in the criteria. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I don't want him there. Uh... And uh, Marco Rojas will claim no. him. No, no, no. <laughs> no obviously not. Uh, there was one other, but it's gone out of my mind now. Oh, Robbie Cruz. Yeah. Oh, Robbie Cruz. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'll go Lecky. Lecky. That's the one I was on the right. Yeah. yeah. And you got Rukovitsa yeah. as well. Rukovitsa yeah. on the bench. Olga seems yeah. to like him. Yeah. yeah. So you could you could take sort of five strikers, you know, across that right line: Lecky, Rukovitsa, Cruz. Tommy Orr. Now that right back position, I've just had a, a name come up. He's in career. Hamill, Brendan Hamill. Can he play right side of defence? Can if you if you're the coach, mate, he, he plays where you tell. I him. liked <laughs> him playing right side of defence at heart, so he, perhaps he could shuffle across. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big perhaps. strong boy. Yeah. Um, and that's the Melbourne Heart backline from last season as well. I'd still go Franich myself if he was if he's fit enough. Yeah. yeah. Is he is he. He didn't play last so, weekend. Uh, I, sure think, I think he is weekend. ready for this weekend. Yeah, he is. Last okay. I James Holland. He's on my sheet of paper. All right. Yeah. Well, we are going to... Uh, I think by the time we put the podcast up, we'll knock this into a squad and we'll put it in the story and yeah. then uh, fans can get on and uh, yeah. tell us where we've gone wrong who we missed and there would, who would they'd be, like to see there listening to that last 10 minutes of podcasting there'll be people yelling <laughs> yeah, going, like what about <laughs> insert name here yeah. Ryan so McGowan someone, someone else sure. yeah. um, right. I'm, I'm thinking uh, Corey Camaro we haven't seen him there's another one Braden Inman he's still playing at Newcastle yeah, I he's not um, what's I, the situation I don't think he wants to he's been playing underage with Scotland so, so is he yeah, yeah. He's, oh, he's been scoring goals for fun in the reserves though for Newcastle so. he's been there for years though hasn't he yeah yeah. So. and Troisi as well we haven't mentioned Troisi he's another is he still, is he yeah he's started on the weekend and 4 is Chris Economides yeah I've thrown that thing. name in yeah he started again Troisi on the weekend so yeah. that's good signs starting in He'd be the only Aussie starting in the Serie A at yeah. the moment. So, in fact, I'd be inclined to keep him there if he's specifically yeah. starting. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I mean, it, is it unrealistic to suggest that this is what this game should be about? Is oh, no, let's I, let the young guy, you know, yeah, but be really rigid about it. So, you know, say to the, the senior guys, look, you're getting a week off. We need to have a look at these guys. And this, this should see, be in the Scotland game. We need in to August, see three frankly, or four. Of, three no, or four of these lads are ready to step up. You know, we should have done this a year ago. We should have done this a year ago, but 
we should know do it. Because I'll have another friendly in February, get the yeah. senior guys back in for that yeah, preparation for a man. But pull this one. The, the top three or four exactly. that they've had yeah. a look at. Yeah. I mean, we talked with uh, Sarah Walsh, Adam, last week, she was in, and we were talking about how the Matildas seem to have regenerated, yeah. you know, seamlessly. Yeah. And, but what was interesting was that she said they didn't have a choice because the senior players made the decision. They all retired. Yep. Whereas we've got a situation where the senior players say, well, hang on a minute, I'm st- I still want to go to another World Cup. And it's their job to push me out, you know. Whereas, so, so I think you know there has to be a point at which they say, right, guys, we have to look at this next generation because it's not just about 2014; it's about qualifying for 2018 and, and 2022 and the Asian Cup as well. The Asian Cup, yeah. you know, because uh, also dangerous. We do go with a with an older squad, which is going to be likely in 2014, and then six months later we're hosting the the Asian Cup, and a lot of these boys hang up. So after yep. after Rio, I'm done, and then we're left mm. as host to the Asian Cup with a squad that's untested at this level. Yeah, yeah but I mean, the other thing that annoys me is we're only playing one friendly. There's two international dates, I would presume. No, it's not. Is there not? It's Just one. the one yeah, in November. Yeah. Yeah, it's a midweek. You only get 48 hours. In ah, right. Before, okay. So. Uh, yeah. But we should be trying to squeeze in as. But many this should have been the Scotland game as well, and then yeah. we shouldn't have even had to play the Lebanon game. In my opinion, we've had a camp before yeah. that with the senior players and a few of the top younger players come in. That's how it should have been done, Holger. Anyway, it's yeah. easy, easy from in here. Anyway, all right. That's it for part three. We'll be back in part four. Just to quick preview of the games coming up this weekend in round four. Psst. Interested in getting dozens of leading business experts helping you for free? No, you're not dreaming. You heard us right. Dozens of Australia's leading business experts in your office, your car or on your phone 24-7 every day with tips, comments, discussion and simple ideas to help you make your business a success. Get your business on track with the right advice. Go to businesssuccessradio.com.au and click the Listen Live button. Business Success Radio. Your business, your radio. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We are up against the clock. We've got eight minutes until our special guest, <laughs> Adam Peacock, has to run out of here. Uh, all right, do you, Newcastle. Do you want to Jets. say the reason? <laughs> no, I don't mind no, the reason. We won't pass. Newcastle Jets uh, host Melbourne Victory at Hunter Stadium. How do we see this one going? Kev. Um, Continuation of Melbourne Victory's uh, season, or is this? Well, it's it's a good test for both of them, obviously, because I mean Newcastle Jets riding high, much higher than probably people expected beforehand. Emil Heskey, can he make it three from three? Uh, wouldn't that make <laughs> you so sick? <laughs> uh, it's funny, you know. He said when he came out, he wasn't going to change his game. He obviously has. He's actually scoring goals. Uh, Nine goals in four years at Villa, Adam. Nine goals in four. <laughs> Yes, 3.5 million pounds a goal he cost us. The Jets have got a bargain. He's <laughs> at $333,000 a goal at the moment. The bargain. It's a what we pay. He's a good fellow, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is. Um, all right, Adam, Jets, victory. Tough place to go when you're looking for uh, to keep a run going. Yeah, I just read on Twitter as well, uh, Finkler is out. It seems with a groin strain, so another replacement will need to come in for um, for Ange. I really like the way Melbourne went about it on uh, last Friday. I can see them getting something out of this because Newcastle, okay, they've won the last two, but they haven't hit. I mean, by rights they should have dropped the point, 
last weekend. I'll I'll go the draw in this one. No. Yeah, I know. It's not like you. It's the best value. Three thirty. <laughs> Two teams. Can't go wrong, can you? Exactly. Love the draw. Ada. Playing out from the back on that bobbly pitch, he's got disaster written all over it. Play yeah, at right. long hands just for one game. Yeah, yeah right. Draw 2-2. Two, two. Talking about that, what was quite interesting, I've been watching the Being Liverpool on, uh, oh, on yeah. Fox Sports. Love it. I just love any of that behind-the-scenes stuff. But I thought it was quite telling in the uh, the game against Man City, the first home game, the, the episode that was on on Sunday. Mm. Well, obviously, everyone knows what Rogers' philosophy is. Just before kickoff, Stephen Gerrard's walking around talking to the players as captain, going, "Let's not take any risks. If it has to go, it goes." <laughs> you spent three months having this drilled into your nine o'clock meetings, three and below. If it has to go, it goes. <laughs> I've actually seen the. Um, I've had a look at work the other day of uh, episode six is already in the building and we're going to show it on Sunday night. It's, it's worth a look because you get a whole um, a whole halftime chat of at the city game actually of halftime at the city. It's it's just so fascinating for obviously someone who hasn't been in a professional dressing room to see what an actual coach says yeah. in that occasion. Because today you see his his brief sort of chat before yeah. they go out like in the Europa League game against Hearts and like that. But you wonder what was you would imagine there's a more detailed version yeah. of that that they haven't allowed to go out. But it's not what you expect, put really? it that way. Well, it's very calm. Yeah, he seems it's, it's so He seems very, like, you know, seems very sort of non-specific, yeah. should I say. You know, but this general. is very specific tactically. Right. Okay. Um, and it's interesting how he gets his point across. And then post-game as well, what he says to the players after the result as well. It's... Um, it's it's probably the best episode of the, of the six easily. And when's that on? Uh, Sunday night, 9 o'clock. Great. Yep. It's yeah. awesome. I love it. I love any of that behind-the-scenes stuff. It you should do it in the A-League. Well, I was thinking being Sydney FC. How <laughs> yeah. good would that be? Crookie's first team talk with Del Piero. I imagine that. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll, I'll get into do that. Like, Maybe being the Central <laughs> Coast Mariners. I'm sure Arnie would love having us <laughs> in the dressing room. <laughs> Every training mm, session. It's going to be funny. <laughs> All right, Adelaide Phoenix. Uh, as we said, Wellington Phoenix undefeated, the only undefeated side so far. We'll take that record over to Adelaide. Ada? Historically, not a great place for Wellington to go. I, I can't see them getting something out of this one. Uh, Adelaide on the rebound. A 1 0 win. Geronimo back in Cozzy's good books with a goal. There'll be a bit of Biffo. Could be a melee. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think Adelaide will get, it, get the points. In, in a very unattractive game. Probably the rarest thing about this game is an Adelaide home game not on a Friday night. I know, exactly. Yeah. Well, what, how did that come about? Robbie Slater's spraying champagne around his house. <laughs> 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 He's got his own check in at Adelaide Airport. Said team in Adelaide. I don't know what he's complaining about. They get business class down there, so I'd be loving it. Just gave away a trade secret anyway. There's the headline for their podcast. Adelaide. Oh, I would say draw, but I've got a comment from Jacko, so I'll go Adelaide just. <laughs> All right. Brisbane uh, hosts Western Sydney Wanderers in the second game on Saturday, 6.45 Suncorp. Uh, in short, Kev, are we going to see Western Sydney Wanderers goal? Landslide win for Raw. Really? It's going to be messy, I reckon. With, with the wine, line, not mine. Yeah, yeah. I reckon we're closer than a lot of people think. Including Kev. <laughs> I think Western Sydney are very good at setting themselves up yeah. to nullify opposition. They'll have to be as good as they can be on Saturday night. I reckon they'll get their goal, but they'll get beat 2-1. Yep. 
I think what will be interesting will be um, to see how Popovich tries to nullify Raw in that, mm. you know, we've seen teams when they have sort of been beaten and is when teams have had the ability to press them high up the pitch and disrupt that possession. I don't get the feeling Western Sydney have got the personnel to do that. Well, they don't I don't do think it. they've got the mobility mm. up yeah. front. So I think we'll mm. see them actually play really compact, really narrow and mm. say, right, you're just not going to come through the middle of this. Mm. You know, and I, so I think we'll see Brisbane with a hell of a lot of possession in their own half, around halfway, in wide areas, but with a real compact Western Sydney defence mm. saying, you got to get through this. And maybe hit them on the break with a Taj or, or maybe somebody like that, or Hersey who came on late. Yeah. Uh, against uh, in, in the derby but uh, yeah I don't think this will be the victory game where they had so much room and they were playing such a high line so I think Brisbane Raw will win this but by a goal perhaps yep. okay. so it won't be <laughs> the, the massacre yeah. yep. <laughs> I'm just uh, just decided there that I'm going to explore the odds and see what they get offered on Wanderers first goal being an own goal rivals scoring a, a or, or an Ono goal. Or an Ono goal. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, Melbourne, Melbourne long. Melbourne Heart. Before we give people too long to think about it, go. Melbourne Heart entertain the Mariners. Uh, Mariners obviously will be smarting from their uh, FB Derby defeat in controversial circumstances. Uh, Hart looking to get back uh, their positive start to the season after their uh, non-appearance really in the glory game uh, do we know if is Grella going to feature is he, is he don't think so no, he's a while away don't don't a while away yeah. I know arm wrestle 1-1 one, one. Central Coast they like playing against 4-3-3 three, three. ok no I'm going to go have faith with Hart ah, one something nil. for everyone there. yeah I'm going to go draw alright Sydney host Perth Glory high flying Perth Glory um at ANZ Stadium, obviously we've talked about the merits. They didn't have a choice of not playing at the SFS. Still angry about this Kev one. Kev thinks it should have been at Leichhardt Oval. And um, they're only predicting 25,000 crowd at ANZ, which is, you know, it's a good crowd. How, how many more than could have fitted in Leichhardt Oval? 2,000. No. no. 3,000. 5,000. Well, I don't know. It's got a nominal capacity of 22 or 23,000. Yeah, it's not comfortable. Seating though. capacity it's of 20,000. Kev, just imagine yeah. what the... Can, can you imagine the difference of 20,000 in Leichhardt Oval versus 25,000 in the ANZ? True, but money-wise... Uh, Leichhardt, you could have had the, the Del Piero cavalcade down Norton Street... <laughs> It would yeah. be insane. Him carrying to the stadium on a sedan on a, chair. No, on yeah. a chariot. Beefing yeah. grapes. Yeah. Have you seen Cleopatra? Kev, the have movie. you ever tried to park at, at Leichhardt Oval no. if there's more than 2,000 fans? Have you at tried a game? getting out of the ANZ if there's more than two people? The car park takes forever. It's not that bad. It's oh, a well, nightmare. Italian television are going to be seeing this game as well, you know. We can't have it at Leichhardt. Leichhardt would have been superb for this game. What are we not going to be persuaded otherwise. Non-physical Perth glory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely not try and duff up Del Piero, or will they? Or Sydney. <laughs> what, make you pregnant? <laughs> duff up, not up the duff. Yes, it's a duff. I'll go Perth in this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't been that impressed with Sydney apart from one yep. bloke. I'll go for uh, that too. Perth have always traditionally loved coming to Sydney. Mm. Uh, they, I can remember so many games where they've mm. got results at the SFA. Going back to, I think, season one with mm. Nick Ward's long range belter in the 
from the pre-season. Might even have been the pre-season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, on yeah. a terrible pitch yeah. in front of one thousand people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was one of the one thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shout out as well to the Alliance people who, for the second year in a row, are returfing the, uh, the the main stadium, and then a month later having a rock concert on it. At guys. least it's done motocross. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, it was a billiard table. For their yeah. first game, yes, mm. for the Jets game, and the groundsman actually didn't want to change it apparently, but he got tired. Apparently, they're locked into that deal that they have to do it yeah. once a year, and they've got to do it in the offset. Perhaps they can do it during the rugby league season. Yeah, there's, there's really a revolution. Massive, yeah, grass growing in winter is um, always a bit of a problem, but unless you're in Nimbin, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Look, I think Perth love coming to Sydney. I think Del Piero will score, but I think Perth might nick it. Two yeah. one. All on Perth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go Sydney. Oh, I thought yeah. you were gonna say draw. <laughs> I'm going to go Sydney 4-3 Hawk River Expansion oh, <laughs> One week it's going to come off uh, Well one, one Obviously the W League kicked off last week Talking of games with a lot of goals um, Canberra uh, Brisbane in a grand final rematch From last year ended 0-0 But Adelaide who uh, only recently Won their first W League game And Western Sydney Wonders making their debut Had an absolute ding dong um, At Burton Park with 4-3 Adelaide ran out mm. victory 8-0 this was uh, memorable for mm. one of the Adelaide players. Yeah, yeah, con- uh, incredible. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin scored a hat trick in ten minutes to uh, drag defeat from the jaws of victory, as they say, or the other way around. But um, <laughs> yeah, there, there was vision of that on ABC. They, uh, they showed it. I didn't. Yeah, didn't see it. it. Was in the highlights. Yeah. I saw the Sydney game where was where Sammy Kerr just scored an absolute belt from, with a head. But this game was extraordinary. Three one down with ten to go, and they win it four three against Walsh's Wanderers. And Perth got up 2-0 against Melbourne Victory and Sydney FC and the Jets drew 3-all. So the, the moral of the story there is if you want to go and see 4-3 and plenty of goals, mm. get along to the W League. Round 2 kicks off this week. Mm. Adam, thank you very much, mate. As always, pleasure to have you on. Where are you this weekend? What's uh, your agenda? Mate, I'm confined to quarters this season. I'm in the studio Saturday and Sunday. I think yeah. babysitting Bozza both times. So, uh, <laughs> match day Saturday on Saturday. We've got kick-off with Mel and Harps, obviously, on Friday night um, with a big game at, uh, at Hunter Stadium. And then Sunday, off the back of the Sydney game with uh, the shootout wrapping things up. And how's the new format going? Yeah, it's enjoyable. Going well. Yeah, yeah it, enjoying it. It's, um, it was great having those two guys. We could have gone for an hour and a half with Heskey and Bridges on the on the EPL last uh, last week. So um, yeah, it's really enjoyable. Actually. Ratings are up. That that continued. first week we saw the the bumper ratings. Yeah, ratings. I think that last continue. last year the ratings were up on the previous season thirty eight percent or something, and this year they're up forty percent on last year. So really? seriously, yeah, oh, wow. So it's um it's it's worked on and off the park. That's uh, huge. With all these guys coming and the football, the general standard of the football, um, much more palatable. Mm. And how's Bozza going? Yeah, hey, Bozza's going. He's got his hair back, yeah. his natural hair as well. He's, <laughs> he's got rid of the pet fox. Which <laughs> <laughs> he said last week on camera, which I thought was a classic line, he said his, um, he got a haircut and he got a cut in colour and he said, oh, it's amazing what you can do with your own hair. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, uh, he's in good form. Yeah. No, the coverage is fantastic. So uh, we're very lucky in this country. You know, you go to other countries, even Japan I went to, and the coverage was not half as good as what we have here. Oh, good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. All right, all your, bag's, your bag's not bad either. Just <laughs> <by chance. laughs> a very good read. Great hug. I've finally got an iPad as well. Good man. And that is yeah. unreal, that oh, uh, little thing. So very enjoyable, guys. Group hug. Yeah. All right, so get out and support the A-League. If you uh, can't be there in person, make sure you are tuning in. 
to Fox Sports for their excellent coverage. And we'll be back next week to pick the bones out of uh, round four. See you later. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.